Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Start the clock. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Time will be real time. Sounds like a hot crowd, I can tell. Oh, I, I, I thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. I, I, uh, I love you too. Thank you. I think I know why you're, <laughs> why you're happy tonight, because the Stop Trump movement got really good this week. He, Wisconsin, he got his ass stomped, and it looks... Looks like the air is finally coming out of the Trump hemorrhoid pillow. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Ted Cruz won Wisconsin big, because what goes better with cheese than a cracker? Uh, <laughs> uh, but, of course, Donald Trump was very gracious in defeat. He put out a statement, said Ted Cruz is a liar, ran an illegal campaign, he's a Trojan horse, the party bosses are using him to try to steal the election by getting more votes. He's like a bipolar five-year-old. He has two settings. You cheated and you started it. It's, it's always... <laughs> It's, it's like, if I win, I win. And if you win, it doesn't count because you cheated, so fuck you. <laughs> you know, I, I'm beginning to see why no one went to his casinos. <laughs> By the way, Donald Trump's campaign is a lot like his casinos, full of smoke and mirrors, and older white people dealt bad hands. That's... <laughs> But, uh, so I'm watching this, and, and this morning I had breakfast with the president, President Obama. He was here in L.A. at, uh, oh, it's, uh, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't just the two of us, you know, there was like 20 other people. It was at Tobey Maguire's house, and uh, the president spoke movingly about how we need to do more about our retired Spider-Man. Uh, but, <laughs> you know... 
I mean, just watching the Republicans and then listening to the president, the, the, the contrast that we have an adult president, adult, priceless. What a priceless concept in a president. So it was not a good week for the two Democratic candidates in this regard, because this week got a little testy and a little unadult, right? <laughs> Hillary feeling the burn. Bernie won Wisconsin big. Bernie has won seven of the last eight primaries. He is... He is breathing down Hillary's neck, and it, it, it's a long time since a man did that. So it's... <laughs> yes, it's a lot. So meanwhile, I love this, Bernie supporters staged a protest here in L.A. outside of CNN headquarters because, you know, no matter what this guy does, he, he, he gets less airtime on CNN than the sad lady in the Abilify commercial. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. On CNN, Bernie can't get arrested. And on Fox News, Hillary's always about to be arrested. <laughs> and I, I read something interesting. You know that Trump and Hillary are about the same age? He's 69, and, and she's about to be 69. And... <laughs> Oh, stop it. I don't go to the gutter. Well, sometimes, but yeah. But, and they're both on medication. Hillary is on... Well, it's true. Hillary is on blood thinners, and Trump is on skin thinners. Uh, but... <laughs> but here's uh, the big news that happened that I, I think you should know about. I try to catch people up on the week, you know. The Pope came out with a book today. Did you see this? It's called The Joy of Love. Sounds like somebody's horny. <laughs> the Joy of... From the Pope. It's 256 pages. It's all about relationships. <laughs> and, and what... <laughs> I swear to God, at one point, the Pope says, healthy married sex always has a sense of wonder. I, wow, the Pope is... <laughs> But you know what? If people can believe that Donald Trump, a man whose companies have gone bankrupt four times, is an economic genius, why not sex tips from a 79-year-old bachelor in a dress? Okay, we got a great show. We have Max Brooks, Heather McGee, and Andy Dean. And a little later, we'll be speaking with the hilarious Kathy Griffin is backstage. But first... Please welcome the 26th United States Secretary of Labor, Thomas Perez. Hey, Mr. Secretary, how you doing? Great to have you here. Okay. All right. So you are the Secretary of Labor. Absolutely. Look at you. <laughs> That's what my wife says. <laughs> and you're the 26th. Now, when, no, this wasn't from the beginning of the Republic. George Washington didn't have a Secretary of Labor, right? When did it start? It's been around over 100 years. 100 years, yeah. okay. So, um, and, and we are almost at, or maybe we are at what they call full employment, right? Well, we're not quite. I still think we've got more room for improvement, but we've come a long way under But what president. is the unemployment rate? The unemployment rate right now is 5%. 5%, but they usually say that is full employment. Well, Because you. it's like, uh, I mean, America has always said this, that like one out of 20 people... <laughs> we can't take responsibility for <laughs> One out of 20 are just ne'er-do-well, losers, fuck-ups who are not going to get a job no matter what you do. Come on, admit that. I know a few of them. <laughs> yeah, I got to admit. <laughs> I won't name names. <laughs> okay, so, uh, but, but 
I'm sure yeah. you heard Donald Trump at one point said uh, that that figure is completely wrong. He said uh, it's more like 28, 29 percent, and then he went, uh, or maybe even 35. In fact, I I heard because this is how he gets his information. <laughs> you know, I heard. You heard it from Cliff Clavin. Uh, I heard it might be as high as 42. Yeah. What would America look like if unemployment was at 42? <laughs> well, I mean. There's a reason his name rhymes with dump, because, you know, he's really full of, uh, you know what. And, uh, Shit, it's in HBO. Order, you yeah, can well, say I'm it. sorry. You know, my mother I, taught me. Right, okay. Um, but, you know, in order to have that, uh, we, we'd have to have my 95-year-old grandmother working. We'd have to have my, you know, high school uh, sophomore working. I mean, the reality is this, Bill. Uh, this president inherited a mess, the worst mess of our lifetime. The uh, unemployment rate was uh, inching up to 10%. Two million-plus jobs lost in the three months before he took office. And now we've seen 73 months in a row of private sector job growth to the tune of over 14 million jobs. And there's an Eeyore caucus out there. It must be be so frustrating for you guys if you watch the Republican debates. Because they talk about the last eight years like they didn't happen. I'm going to bring jobs back. That that happened, you know? I mean, my my favorite uh, fact-free zone comment is when we hear from Ted Cruz and others that Obamacare has been a job killer. We've had 14.3 million jobs created since the Affordable Care Act was passed. We've seen African-American... Uh, enroll, enrollment, you know, un, you know the, the ranks yeah. of the uninsured among African Americans has gone down by 50%. Latinos gone down substantially. And so this fact-free zone is indeed fact-free. But, okay. But, <laughs> but honestly, now there's some bullshit. Sorry, Mom. Uh, on the Democratic side, too. Because, uh, I mean, they always talk about how uh, manufacturing... You know, we're, we're dead, they, all the manufacturing jobs are gone. That's not true, right? No, Are we, aren't we actually doing pretty well with manufacturing? Well, you know, we, we've had the, the last year has been challenging, uh, and it's been challenging for two simple reasons. We have a strong dollar, and we have a global economy outside the United States that is still struggling. And so when you have a strong dollar, it's harder to export things. But the, the six years before that, we saw the best growth in manufacturing since uh, the 90s. And I visited people. I visited a guy in Ohio who'd been a steel worker for 25 years, lost his job. Uh, we helped him. We're like Match.com. We match you know, workers who want to uh, punch their ticket sure. to the middle class with employers uh, who want to grow their business, and we use the secret sauce of training. And now he works uh, in specialty steel. And he said to me, and I'll never forget it, you know, Tom, I used my brawn for 25 years, and now I'm using my brain. And that's the, the what's so insulting about uh, the Eeyore caucus is that they do a disservice. What? The, you know, the Eeyore caucus of uh, Republicans oh, who say, I... you know, everything is bad, you know. They, right. they could win right. the lottery on a Friday, and they right. complain that the banks are closed right. till Monday. Right. And, yeah. uh, and, and what's so frustrating is it does such a disservice to the millions and millions of Americans who are kicked to the side of the road at this recession and have climbed back through their grit and determination. And to sit there and deny that is, is such a disservice. Right. Okay. So what about minimum wage? Now, that's a big issue in this campaign. Sure. Uh, Bernie wants it to be $15 across the board. Hillary says only that in the big cities, otherwise 12 Elizabeth Warren says if we pegged it to productivity since 1960... It would really be twenty-two dollars, well, uh, and honestly, I don't know how you can live on even fifteen dollars. 
Well, the minimum wage stands for the simple proposition that no one who works a full-time job should have to live in poverty. And I meet so many people in this job, Bill, who are working a full-time job and getting their food at the food pantry. I met a woman in Detroit who uh, fast food Well, you get worker. out a lot. I make house calls in this I show. I see that. Yeah, you're, absolutely. On a, you're on the case. And, uh, you know, the, the night before I met her, she has three kids. She works in the fast food area. And uh, she slept in her car. You know, we can do better than that as a nation. And what the president has supported, and I support, and the likes of Elizabeth Warren and Patty Murray and other progressive Democrats support, is a $12 federal floor and then $15 elsewhere. The first trip I took in 2016 was to stand with Andrew Cuomo. Uh, for the fight for 15 in New York, and they've succeeded. Uh, I've spent a lot of time with Eric Garcetti, and I appreciate uh, his leadership in putting forth a $15 minimum wage here in Los Angeles and now across the state. Upwards of 60 million people now are, are living... But, you know, you know, I, I read that in the private sector, over 80% of the private sector is service industry. It, which makes it sound to me like there are a, a few rich people and then a lot of people waiting on them. Well, <laughs> well I mean, here, here's the, the reality of our world right now is that uh, we've made this tremendous progress that I pointed out, but the equal reality is that our economy is still out of balance. You know, we have way too many people. You know, the rising tide needs to lift all the boats, not just the yachts. And the unfinished business of this recovery is to make sure we have shared prosperity. And that's what I do every day in this job, is to make sure that people have the skills to succeed and, and the retirement security to succeed and, and that they get paid for this. And I understand you are do. the first cabinet secretary to be uh, confirmed on, on a strict party line vote. You didn't get one Republican vote, right? Uh, on cloture that. Yeah, actually, on that, both, yeah. That's amazing because, I mean, no offense, but this is not one of those cabinet positions that usually is that controversial. It's well, not one of the sexy ones, again. <laughs> I'm not trying to insult you, but, you know, it's, it's, well, it's not Attorney I mean, General or Secretary of Defense. So, you know, it's, a, you know, labor, come on, give it to Well, them. I mean, here's, here's the reality, Bill. Uh, <laughs> 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 the sex talk is getting me a little uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> You know, Bill, the, you know, Bill, the reality is this, um, and here's why that happened. Before I had this job, I, I ran the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department. And in that job, I sure. fought the mortgage industry because right. they were screwing African Americans and Latinos. I fought against voter ID laws. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> fought against voter ID laws in Texas and elsewhere. I took on Joe Arpaio and other sheriffs who were abusing people. I, you know, I, that was the world I lived in. I did that because, you know what, America is better when everyone has access to opportunity. And uh, made some people by, didn't write by it. doing the right thing. And someone said that you, so you're can, always you can judge a person by the enemies they make. And right. I, my holiday card list did not get longer. In you're always welcome job. here for that. Great job. Thank Thanks you, Mr. Secretary. All right. Good job. Let's meet our panel. How you doing? All right, here's our panel. He is a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council and non-resident fellow at West Point and the author of World War Z. Love that one. Max Brooks. Hey, Max. Thank you. Great to see you back here. She is the president of Demos Action. Heather McGee back with us. How you doing? And he is a radio talk show host and former president of Trump Productions. The very brave Andy Dean is right over here. 
All right, remember to send us your questions for tonight's overtime so we can answer them after the show on YouTube. All right, let's talk about Donald Trump, your boy. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a couple of uh, bad weeks, I gotta say. Uh, now, people have been uh, you know, predicting his demise ever since he uh, announced his candidacy, and they have been wrong every time. But let me give you some numbers now, because it, it's not looking good. Uh, the AP poll came out today. Seven in ten Americans view him unfavorably, including almost half of Republicans. Sixty percent of registered voters say they wouldn't vote him at, for him in general election, uh, including unfavorable majorities of men, women, young, old, <laughs> conservative, moderate, liberal, <laughs> white, black, Hispanic. Is there anyone not in this list of people who fucking hate Donald Trump? Um, so, no, 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 no. It's hard enough for him. Don't. Seventy percent of uh, women uh, he is unfavorable with. Just to give you some perspective, Bill Cosby's at sixty-two <laughs> percent. No, no. Oh, that's a, that's men and women. To be fair, but. But, I mean, the New York Times said he is a zombie candidate, mm. damaged but unelectable. What say you? Okay. Well, Bill, you've got numbers, but if you look at the actual votes, <laughs> right, uh, which are more important, Donald Trump has 5 million more votes than John Kasich. He has 2 million more votes than Lion Ted Cruz. He's won 21 <laughs> states. He's won 21 states. Yes. Ted no. Cruz has won 11, and John Kasich has won one. So if you look at the voters, he's kicking ass. He's in kicking the butt in the primary, right? Yes. And then New York's going to vote in less than 10 days, right. and he's going to dominate. And then you've got Connecticut, Delaware, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, Maryland. And so at the end of April, it's going to be mathematically impossible for Ted Cruz to win. So the only question is, does Donald Trump get to 1237? We think he's going to get there if you just look flat out at the polling. But even if he's 20 to 30 delegates short. He's going to get there with the unbound delegates because we have a strategy. We hired uh, Paul Manafort, who's going to be our convention right. manager, and we're getting serious about it. So if he does fall short, we're going to win on the first ballot anyway, like Gerald Ford wow. did in 76. Interesting. Um, now, <laughs> <laughs> now uh, the, 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 let me ask this of the other uh, panel members. Uh, Ted Cruz seems to be um, gaining favor. When I say gaining favor among the other Republicans, they're, they're thinking, hey, you know what? We don't like him, but sometimes you have to use a rat to kill a snake. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it seems like with Ted Cruz, they've gone through the, the five stages, you know, uh, bargaining, denial, <laughs> anger, <laughs> and, and now they're up to acceptance. And that... <laughs> That could be bad news for Donald Trump, yes? Yeah, but they're also floating these trial balloons that a brokered convention could actually mm -hmm. bring somebody else. You know, Paul Ryan had this video that looked remarkably like a campaign ad. And the problem mm -hmm. is, I just don't think, even if they can avoid, the Republicans can avoid bringing two very unpopular and unlikable, in my opinion, mm -hmm. uh, folks through to the nomination, their field is also still wildly out of step with the rest of the country. I mean, Paul Ryan gets all these points for being so serious and intellectual, but to get to his plan, he would his like deficit and debt plan, he would have to basically like end the US government as we know it. And Trump is the same way. He would just do it in eight years instead of thirty-five. Well, I think there's also, I think the bigger lesson that we're not learning from Trump is why are so many people for him? And this is the same problem you have in counterinsurgency is when the moderates, when the grown-ups in government don't do their job, 
the radicals will promise something. And that's the Viet Cong or that's right. the Taliban. It doesn't matter. There's a reason so many people want this tiny-handed Muppet, and they don't want to listen. Oh, hey, Andy. Jeez. Yeah, that's... I don't know. No, well, I, I mean, look, over that's... 8 million Americans have voted for Donald Trump, so a comparison right. to the why? Taliban... But why? Why do they extreme. want him? We should be listening to the but Trump voters, I, I not to Trump. I really agree with that. I think that... Um, there is a narrative in this country right now that progressives and Democrats are ignoring to their peril, which is that this country is changing, right? Um, And that is actually really real. It's changing demographically at a time when we also, for Mm -hmm. completely separate reasons, have rewritten the rules to make it harder for working families to get ahead. And so in the zero-sum mentality of American politics, it's because there are more brown and black and yellow and red people in this country, and the white man has not, is not getting a shot. And I actually think it's really important that progressives and Democrats mm-hmm. talk about that explicitly, because otherwise we're going to keep losing working and middle-class white folks who should be with Democrats. Yeah. Well, let me... Uh answer your question about maybe why I think he is liked by some people, lots of people, mm-hmm. you're, as you, the point you made, and, and your point about economics, because uh, I would call it the credibility of money. Uh, when Donald Trump speaks, I think a lot of people think, it sounds crazy, but it's coming from a rich guy. Uh, and, and this was brought home this week because he gave an interview with the Washington Post, and he was asked if he could get rid of the debt, which is $19 trillion, and he said he could do it in eight years, which is just Looney Tunes, Andy. <laughs> I mean, first of all, it's going to be $26 billion by the end of that eight year trillion yeah. by the end of that eight years, because we're going to add more. The baby boomers are retiring, right. Medicare, Social Security for them. Um, if he got rid of all discretionary spending, which is everything except what we've promised in the entitlements and defense... We're talking about everything else, education, science, transportation, right. tax collecting, parks, everything. That's only $10 trillion. So he's got to get to zero by subtracting 26 from 10, and he's going to cut taxes. Doesn't this bother you? Well, look, <laughs> first, we can talk about the deficit versus the debt, but the deficit itself, which is... Well, that's you know, the over, debt. Okay, we're well, talking about the debt, but the deficit... If we look at trade, I mean, that's Donald Trump's, one of his top issues. You see China has a $500 billion advantage against us every year. (laughs) Mexico, $50 billion. So what you need is a negotiator, somebody who knows business. Barack Obama and the people that he hire to negotiate these trade deals, they're not business people. And the American public knows that. They make (laughs) stupid deals. Terrible deals. Exactly. But, but, you know, he... But, Andy, you know, he talks about the trade deficit as if we're just giving the money away. You know, a trade deficit means we're, we're buying something. Uh, an economist once said, I have a trade deficit with my barber. I give him money. He cuts my hair. He never gives me money because he cuts Look, my posing, hair. They're pros and cons to trade. But China if you want to sell us crap. Right. We want crap. Right, look, Bill. We need crap. Bill, they're pros and cons to trade. But we don't want to be the country that makes crap. We want to make stupid apps. Right, but there are two things. There are two things to look at when we talk about trade, right? You've got jobs and wages. So if you look at the Secretary of Labor, who's your previous guest, was talking about all these wonderful things when it comes to jobs in America. But if you look at labor force participation rate, which is the only number that the government can't play around with, you can Google that. Labor force participation rate of all Americans, what percentage are working? Right now it's 62%. For the previous 30 years before Barack Obama, that number was 66%. You have to go back to Jimmy Carter to see, how many, uh, to see 62%. 
That's how bad it's been under Barack Obama. And that's a reality. But the other thing is wages. Okay, wages, whether you're white, African-American, wages haven't moved in 15 years. Voters are rightly angry. He talks about, like, extremism. No, they're just angry that their paycheck hasn't improved. They see a business leader, and that's what they want. Okay. But the business leaders are the ones who aren't paying them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Are making like record profits. Movie where the guy walks into the trap and winds up upside down, and his foot goes up in the air in the jungle. Okay, all right. Let, let's 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 go to the Democrats. Okay, now right. let's let's right. let's do equal time here because they had a bad week. I thought because they got very tested with each mm -hmm. other. I mean, I don't think Bernie should have said that Hillary's unqualified. That that was a, not a not a cool thing. But you know, the president made a point this morning. He said when when campaigns go on as long as campaigns go on now. People are good. They're just, they're just driven to the breaking point. As they are, can you imagine right. doing that every goddamn day? Right. Go out there and you got to eat shit with farmers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Hillary, you know, this started because Hillary, you know, that she's trying to win New York State. She tweeted about Bernie Sanders, and you know, he's from Vermont, and he's not totally against having a gun. Mm. And she said, Bernie Sanders prioritized gun manufacturers' rights over the parents of the children killed at Sandy Hook. Really? We got to play the dead kid card. And, and what happened was Bernie was asked, should a victim of a crime committed with a gun be able to sue the gun manufacturer? And Bernie said no. And he's right. Right. A gun is a legal product. Right. right. Even and, a socialist gets that. And the guns Even do exactly. The right. guns do exactly what they are supposed to do. There's no right. lying. It's not like the tobacco industry. They say this product will kill lots of people very, very quickly, and they do. <laughs> yes. It's who lets them be released to the general right. public. You know, the assault rifles are military-grade weapons, and the military doesn't let them have them on day one. You have to go through months of training right. to prove that you're responsible. <laughs> <laughs> to have that much kill power. <laughs> That's right. Yes. But to be fair, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, the, the issue, right, the NRA's uh, gun immunity law is actually making it so that gun manufacturers don't have an incentive to just innovate around some common sense safety stuff. Well, that's a different issue. 61 people uh, have been accidentally shot in this country since the beginning of the year. One toddler a week shoots somebody accidentally. Right. A toddler. So it is true that the gun manufacturer gets, don't actually, that they don't actually have to do things like, you know, fingerprinting or things like that on the guns that would actually make it harder for people to accidentally shoot people. And that's the kind of thing where I think there should be some... No, you're you right. Know, the, the NRA. Finally, murderers have a lobbying group called the NRA. Yes. I called it the assassin's lobby. Yeah, they really are. They're merchants right, of yes. death. But there's but, no logic with these lawsuits. I mean, it, when, at what point does it stop, right? So you've got 11,000 people killed by gun homicide firearms, but over 33,000 people killed by car accidents. So you could, in theory, say, well, I'm driving a Honda, so that gets into a wreck, so then you could sue Honda. No, you can only sue a company if their actual product right. is defective. So you can sue a gun maker if it explodes in your hand, but right. if the product works and it's legal, right. you can't sue them. And if someone puts a roofie in your Snapple, it's yeah. not Snapple's fault. We right. can all agree Thank you. That. Okay. Right. So uh, let, let, let me ask you <laughs> this. It was in the news today. You just mentioned it. There's a, mm -hmm. kind of been a shakeup in the Trump campaign, and mm -hmm. yet mm -hmm. he still keeps using Sarah Palin. And uh, just 
as a friend of the court, you know. Right. I, I mean, I see you on TV all the time. You seem like a nice person. I want to help. Um, uh, it's not a good move. I, I, I mean, she she is just. First of all, she didn't help in Iowa. He lost there. He lost Alaska. Okay, why does he keep using Sarah Palin? Uh, she's like that Billy Bass toy, you know. The novelty's worn off. We right. can't remember why we thought it was fun to begin with. And yet it keeps talking. And it... And... It, <laughs> and, <laughs> and quite frankly, <laughs> it looks like it's on meth. It really does. Look, she's not a senior member of the campaign. <laughs> she... She... I know, she but... was going to endorse somebody. And it was between Ted Cruz and Donald Trump. And but, she's a national figure. She was a vice presidential nominee. And so, right, but you take the... She's na- a national figure. So is Ted Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just telling you. Don't, don't put her out there anymore. Anyway, just, just, people are wondering. Even Republicans are wondering. Because she does look more unhinged than even she has looked in the past. <laughs> Uh, show that the, now she looks in recent months she's been rhyming things, uh, oh, no. and and we put it just to, to some um, to, to some music because it looks like she's getting into the rap game. Show the show the Sarah Palin clip. It's kind of funny. Green and gold till I'm dead and cold. Shifting and sifting, inducing and seducing them with right wing and bitter clinging proud clingers of our guns, our God and our religion. We're not gonna chill. It's time to drill, baby, drill. drill, drill. So it turns out... Um, oh. It turns out Sarah Palin has put out a rap album. The, uh, the miseducation of Sarah Palin. And, uh, would you like to hear some of the cuts on the album? Um, there's uh, Me So Honky. There's uh, You Can't Spell This. Boys and my daughter. Uh, the real dim lady. Fear of, fear of a black planet. No, no, seriously, I'm terrified of black. Uh, grammar time. Into Elks Club. These are Sarah Palin rap songs today. Getting quitty with it. Uh, straight out of wedlock. <laughs> and uh, 99 problems, and those are just my kids' breakfast. <laughs> All, right. All right, she is a two time Emmy and Grammy Award winning comedian who is currently in the middle of her 80 city tour, Like a Boss Tour. Kathy Griffin is over here. Eighty city tour. Eighty cities in one year. I lost my mind. You're the hardest working person in show business. You're a doll. Chris Rock asked me if I owe child support. Uh, (laughs) Eighty cities in one year. I'm going to the real America, like you, my friend. Absolutely. The real America. Politicians always call it the flyover states. I say I land in them. We landed them. Yes. We landed. I'm going. I brought you a list. You you should be impressed. These are just some of the fun to show the uh, the range. Sometimes I notice we we play the same. I leave you notes sometimes. Right. All right, Queens, Brooklyn, Jacksonville, Atlanta, Thousand Oaks, California. 
Peoria, Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, Lincoln, Nebraska, Salina, Kansas, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Not sure where that is. Thackerville, Oklahoma. There are people too. Thackerville? Yeah, what? I never played that. You got me on oh, that. Screw you. It pays more than Carnegie. I'll bet. Morristown, New Jersey. Right. The real America. Well, but the but South. You know what's interesting? The Bible Belt. I love the South. Yeah, they uh, they come to laugh. They come to laugh. And they, they make don't. The they're, drive. they're not. They, no, what I mean is they they're might. not politically correct. No. And also, you know what I love is people write off the South like it's all a bunch of hicks. Yeah. And in the cities, I don't know about Thackerville. <laughs> they're not hicks, no, and, and they not. deserve the respect that we don't write them all off. That's, correct. And yeah. I also think. Oh, you don't care about this. Oh, you hippies with your kelp and your kale. No, I think, I think when you're doing 80 cities, and sometimes, you know, I fly and sometimes I drive, and, you know, when I am driving from gig to gig and I'm in Parkersburg, West Virginia, you know, I run into real live gay people. Right. And, yes, oh. it's crazy out there. And so the point is, you know, the venues you and I play, you know, Bill and I do, like, comedy concerts, so we don't do clubs. No. But I'm not... Do well, I'm just saying... I'm, We're I'm too not old for that. No, no, but what I mean is there's a difference between doing a 2,000-seat or 3,000-seat theater and a club as opposed to, let's say, a stadium. So I just wanted to tell you I've been experiencing something recently that honestly is recent, which is after decades of touring, I love doing it, last uh, week I had four shows, four nights in a row in Florida, and every night there was a disturbance, and every night it was Trump-related. And, you know, I have a chunk about Trump-related. Trump yeah, and of course I have these Trump stories, because I've... I, I say this with shame. I've known him for a long time. And, um... <laughs> Um, and so, so I have, you, how, I have do you, how do you know? Him? Oh, I've run into him like a million times. Like there was like a Larry King roast one time. I, um, my good friend, Joan Rivers. But he's very nice in person, isn't he? Yeah, but uh, I mean, he's kind of a douchebag. I mean, I will say. Andy, I'm so sorry. I, I did not expect this to happen tonight. I did. Oh, Andy, Andy, they didn't teach you that over Pinecrest? This guy's total prep school and also went to Harvard. So what? Let me say this. Well, I would, I would argue, I would argue that a majority of Trump supporters could never afford to play a round of golf at his clubs. And I think that it's fascinating that his supporters, in the Joe the Plumber vein, they really think that they identify with Donald Trump, and they are not, never going to have that life. So it's fascinating to me well, that the Trump supporters, like the blue-collar guy who thinks they're going to get a jet in Melania, and it's probably not going to happen. Okay. But what I wanted to say was last weekend I was doing some really lovely theaters, and, you know, I'm used to doing shows, and maybe a version of a heckle is, hey, girl, I love the LGBTs. Or someone will say, you know, tell, tell the share story. But last, last weekend on tour, every show, there was a disturbance, and someone wouldn't stop yelling, make America great again, because I was telling a Trump joke. And it's pretty de rigueur for comics to tell Trump jokes. And then another guy had to be taken out because I was making a joke about Hillary, and you can't make a joke about anybody anymore. And then someone just wouldn't stop shouting Benghazi. Like, I, it might have been my mom. But, but what I'm saying is that is something, honestly, that is different. I, you're not even primarily political. No, what I'm saying is, this. that's There's what I'm saying. There's just so much hate out but there. The, but how can you not make fun of any political candidate in this political landscape? It's so rife and perfect for comedy. But, but don't be like comedy. Coming to a nice theater experience or a Broadway show, you know, it's not a rally. It's not going to happen in Thackerville. In um, Thackerville, um, <laughs> where the daiquiri bar is in the back and they just leave, that's fine. But, but you also have had like the LAPD happen to come yes. to your house because, like, you got the Demi Def Lovato people. Met. Yes, I did. And I don't even understand this. Well, because you're not a Lovatic. Now look. Um, <laughs> 
There's a singer. I know you're I, more of a believer and a directioner, but <laughs> I, I know you, Bill. I know this man. Oh. But yeah, so this is also a little convergence of the social media world, possibly with the Trump train. But I feel that I'm out there, like I said, 80 cities a year, and I'm feeling it, and you're up right with the people when you do stand up, and you kind of take their temperature, and it's a true relationship. But my experience with the singer Demi Lovato is I was making jokes about her, like I do about all the pop stars and stuff. And then she personally hopped on Twitter with her 30 million global fans. They're called Levotics. And then they came at me and they started making death threats to the point where the LAPD came over and we had to get a system in place. And it just goes on and on and on. So I'm sort of making a link between, by the way, Demi herself then hopped on and sort of joined in the fun, which I will allege sort of, you know, inflamed her fan base. But Andy. The, the, and my well, point is... Why is he responsible Because I'm making a link you know between, like, uh, okay, the Trump right. fanatics... You know and, like, what? I'm going to defend far. Andy here. What? Andy has Who put, are you? I, Andy has put up with enough tonight. What? I want to say something. Heather. Because people... Uh, on this vein, people are too sensitive. And while we were off last week, there was a big story about Corey... What's his name? Lewandowski. Okay, the, yeah. the campaign manager. Yeah, Trump's campaign manager. Because he yanked or pulled show the video that was all over the news right. for like days and days look at this oh my god it's like the Zapruder film <laughs> if if nothing had happened but everybody on the left had to say and this is what I hate when li liberals do when they mimic the stupidity of the right they had to get on team he almost killed her and this woman said and she was talking about the whole event not just right. that she said this has to be aside from my father's death the worst experience I've gone through. And I thought, what a charmed, lucky, clueless, white girl life <laughs> you have lived. Right. Yeah. If that's the worst thing that happened to you. And, and do we have to politicize everything? But it's Can't the only we just time have... in the history of politics that a campaign manager has been arrested for assault. But he shouldn't have been. That's not assault. But he actually wasn't was arrested. If I pick a was, hair off your charged. sweater, is he that a, it was a statement to appear? There's he no bug But he shouldn't have been. Okay. That's Wait, the look, point. He shouldn't have been. Right. I don't Thank think you. we can say that. It's, it was technically battery, oh, yeah, which is oh. an unwanted touch. This is the problem with the left. And this is why the left cannot stop Trump. Stop trying to shame the shameless and expose the exhibitionist. Hold right. on. Hold on. This is their fuel. Let's this look is at what that tape. Run on right. if we could. That tape was released by Donald Trump and the campaign. It was from our ballroom at Trump Jupiter. We wanted people to see this tape because after the event, she said she almost fell down. This is also a reporter who oh said God. she was abused by the NYPD oh. and groped by a war hero, Alan Wilson. I White. hear what? her skirt was too short. Don't it, even start that. No, 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 no. It's she has a history. She has a history like Brian Williams of inserting herself into the, time, the news. What about the time the security guy choked out the Time magazine photographer? What about that? that was a but that's not this. That was but that's not this. We just saw the tape. If somebody did that, that was the Secret Service that did that. If you cut in line at a bathroom at a nightclub and somebody did that to but you. Would there is, be an assault this charge? this man wants to be the leader of the free world and his number two. This is not a concert. That's the point. We have to hold these so people to a higher standard than a guy at a concert He line. redirected so Nobody her. can take right. someone's arm anymore in America. Thank you. That's assault. If that's assault, it's I, I just... Well, technically, it's a battery. That's sake. actually Jeez. what it was. That's it's a battery, which is different. Right. You want to move on? You're all crazy. I want to... Yes, 
I'm move on. cranky about Thank that. Thank you. You're uh, the voice of common sense. Thank I am, you. exactly. <laughs> now, let's talk about Bill Clinton. And uh, Do we have the tape? Did we get the tape? Okay, he, he was uh, interrupted yesterday by Black Lives Matter uh, protester, and he, unlike some other people, didn't just say, oh, I'm sorry. He had an answer for it, and here it is. This is what's the matter. I don't know how you would characterize the gang leaders who got 13-year-old kids hopped up on crack and sent them out onto the street to murder other African-American children. Maybe you thought they were good citizens. She didn't. She didn't. You are defending the people who kill the lives you say matter. Tell the truth. You are defending the people who cause young people to go out and take guns. Okay. Is he right? Yeah. Is he wrong? Does he have a point? So this was actually a pretty huge moment, I think. It was. And it was a huge moment. It's going to continue to reverberate. Um, people are calling it the sister soldier moment of this campaign mm. from Bill Clinton. Um, first of all, on the tactics. Let's remind people what sister soldier was. Well, it may not have been around in 1992. Mm. So it was a moment when, uh, as part of a long strategy that Bill Clinton used throughout his campaign, and it was a really pivotal moment in that campaign, where he basically called out sort of somewhat sort of apropos of nothing, uh, a hip-hop artist, a rapper, and basically to a, you know, a white audience just saying, like, we don't have to put up with this anymore, this kind of inflammatory language and all of that. And, and white was, people love that. And loved it. And it it's was like, really, pull your pants up. Exactly. That's really why they love Bill Cosby. Moment. Pull yeah. your pants up. And then, ironically, <laughs> his pants, you, you never know. Liked all right, him. let's not you even. Never liked, never liked Bill liked Cosby. Him. Absolutely. Nope. I was right about him from the beginning. <laughs> so... First of all, on the tactic, there is a long and proud tradition of direct action in this country, and I think it's actually extremely, extremely important for people who are very powerful. Bill Clinton's one of the most powerful men on the globe, and he always has the mic, to have to be interrupted sometimes. And I know it's uncomfortable, but so is living in poverty and living in a mass incarceration state. And I think it's absolutely great that Black Lives Matter has allowed young people to stand up and be heard at a time when we have our vote, maybe, and our voice. And those are the only two things we have in this democracy, and I think it's a wonderful thing. Okay. Um, let me bring up another issue this week. Uh, Wisconsin, long voting lines. I think that long lines are the new poll tax. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing. We, we saw it in the Arizona primary a couple of weeks earlier. Maricopa County, the secretary was mentioning Sarah Joe Arpaio. They cut the number of voting booths by 70%. Um, Republicans cheat, sorry, Andy, but they can't get the votes anymore, so what they do is fucking cheat. And this is cheating. Yeah. You, you can't get people to vote for you, so you purge. I mean, they made a big thing about Chris Christie, remember, with the closing the bridge and the traffic jam? Yeah. This is a much more important traffic oh, yeah. jam <laughs> that the media should be focusing and on. This is a Republican-organized, purposeful traffic jam. If you look at a map of the country, if you look at a map of what states have strict voter ID laws, it's all the Jim Crow states. With a few exceptions, it is Jim Crow. And it's important. Black lives matter, but so do black votes. Right. And that's why they're trying to roll them back. Yeah. Yes, I mean, for folks who don't remember, the Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act yep. in 2010. And they said, well, we don't need the Voting Rights Act anymore because racism is over. It's an urban myth. <laughs> uh, 
And it really, and, and, and I wish they would just admit that they were wrong about that, because the second they did that, yeah. states did this kind of shit, and, and, and they're stopping people from voting. This is the real voter fraud scandal. Uh, the facts disagree with that. So if you look at the primary season over the past, hold on, relax, what? liberal audience. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let him speak yeah, relax. his... Relax. Okay. Let him get his bullshit out Jeez. before you boo him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's look at, look at the last four months, okay? Republicans and Democrats, when they vote in a primary, they go to the exact same locations to vote. I think we can all agree upon that. Republicans and Democrats vote at the same place. Over the past four months... Hold on, hold on. Republicans live in the same places. What hold on, hold on. Just, what? Okay. Right? Uh, no, well, one I mean, second. Can I, can I, I finish a point? Can I finish a point? Just yeah, let me finish a yeah. point. Over the past four months, Republican voter turnout in this primary season is up over 60%. Okay, Democratic voter turnout over the last contested election is down double digits. So it's not long lines as to why Democrats aren't coming out and vote. They just, they're not inspired by Hillary no, Clinton, no, no, Bernie no. Sanders. You have Trump is inspiring that's people. That's fun to vote no, for. No, Trump is inspiring people. Because I went for people. the governor when you Ray Davis got railroaded, and then we had the governor for eight years who bankrupted us and made the drought worse. But, so I know no. why crazies go vote for You said the word crazy. drought? Yeah, I said the word drought because climate change is real. Okay, Andy? <laughs> but, so you're blaming Trump for the drought? I'm... Okay. Associating an idea, which is that the voter Jeez. turnout is so high because you've got a guy who can get 10,000 people in an arena because he knows television, because you've got to get against more television time than anybody, and because right, there well, are candidates that aren't as shiny he's and He's willing to be yours. interviewed. All right, but, 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 but let, let, let's, let's get back to voting, because it seems like America has a, a, a third-world voting system. Yeah, yeah. That's what it looks yeah, like. Really and, and the dumbass media shows these pictures of the long lines, and they're like, oh, the bosom swells with pride. No, no, you asshole. Well, it's, 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 not, not, it's not a good thing that there are long lines. And it's not just the long lines, Andy. It's actually the fact that dozens of states have tried, under Republican rule, have tried to stop people from voting. They've tried to have politicians choose the yep. voters and not the other way around. In Wisconsin, there is now a strict voter ID law, which, you know, Scott Walker put in place. It's very clearly a voter suppression tactic. You had a Republican uh, from Wisconsin saying, don't worry, Hillary's not going to win in, mm -hmm. uh, in the fall because we have voter ID now. You have a 67-year-old guy who goes to the DMV in Wisconsin who brings his property tax statement, his birth certificate. How many of you actually have your birth certificate, right? His birth certificate, his Medicaid card, his Medicare card, and uh, his utility bill, and still can't get the ID he needs. This is like wow. red tape, which Republicans are supposed to be totally against, o around the most fundamental right that we have. It's just ridiculous. It's inoffensive. <laughs> Your argument is that getting some form of ID is impossible. I mean, when you go to an airport, everybody, no matter their skin color or party affiliation, when you go to the airport, you show an ID. That's right. When I get into this parking garage, I showed an ID. Not everybody goes what? to an airport. Not everybody flies. Some people have, been, have not been in an airplane their whole life. Some in the real America. Thank you. Okay. And, and this is wrong. Getting an ID, getting an ID is something that you should, you should do. The people in Thackerville, one. Oklahoma, they never fly. There's not even a, not even a regional <laughs> airport in Thackerville. Okay, all right. All right, what, what, one more issue. You'll love this one. Uh, Mississippi. Take me away. Take me to... Take me to... Uh, <laughs> in Mississippi, they passed one of those religious freedom laws. Oh boy. I know you're very. Oh boy. You're the, the, those are my peeps. Right. You're, these are your peeps. 
in Mississippi, they are not now allowed to, a business can fire a transgender person, uh, clerks can refuse marriage licenses to uh, gay people. Because uh, of hero Kim Davis. But they have to uh, find somebody uh, else to grant the license, though. Okay. That's yeah, but, that's uh, great. And there's so many of them. I'm not saying it's not a good thing. I mean, there's so many okay. LGBT wait, wait, friendly people me, give licenses all right, out. All right, all right, all right. And then... Adoption. They can deny placing a child if they suspect that the couple is having premarital sex, not even gay sex. Right. Just doing it the, you know, the usual way. (laughs) And then, of course, the greatest threat to America. Bathroom use Ah. by transgender people. They are, this is not just this one state, but they are determined to show that people have to use the bathroom based on the gender of their birth. I call them bathroom birthers. And this is a very Because important. a bearded transgender so, woman might go in and molest your kid, and the next thing you know, we're all going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, First of all, haven't we all been to places that just have one bathroom anyway? My house that I grew up in <laughs> <laughs> was used by men and women. And your parents allowed that? <laughs> yes, they Shameful. did. Shameful. All right. These, law, these laws are proliferating. It's very serious, actually. It actually, Not just yeah. about uh, transgender rights, which is extremely important. It's also about contraception, right? You had a Supreme Court case recently that talked about this right head on. Frankly, this goes back to civil rights as well, yeah. right? Where this was a tactic uh, in desegregation. Okay, fine. Public schools have right. to be desegregated. We're going to do parochial schools and I'm going to have the religious freedom to select who I want to go to. And so actually, this is really important and it's a fundamental question of the balance between uh, people's rights and freedoms in this country and whether or not we're going to allow states to essentially say that the First Amendment... Um, doesn't really, uh, really... And the states I, I, undermine I, I, the federal decision. Mostly DOMA, the overturn of DOMA, is the one that state by state they want to erode. Okay. This is I, where capitalism can do something good, though. We're always talking about evil corporations, but this is where we can vote with our dollars. We can say, fine, right. no corporation in Mississippi, including Toyota, which has a huge you know, factory there. Tell you what, Toyota, I'm going to buy a Volt and get rid of my Prius if you don't pull your factory out of Mississippi. That's it. <laughs> All right, I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) So I have to say goodbye to the panel. You were terrific. It's time for new rules, everybody. I'm old. I have to go to the bathroom. New rule, everybody must get off Taylor Swift's case for maybe getting a butt implant. I don't know if Taylor Swift got butt implants, but it's not a bad idea to give Kanye something to grab other than her microphone. New rule, people who believe in a loving God must explain why he created mosquitoes and ticks, malaria, Zika virus, Lyme disease. Say what you will about STDs, at least you get laid. New rule, don't believe all the news reports this week that people are pooping on Donald Trump's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's been debunked, and it is simply not true that people are doing that, getting in their cars and driving to the site of Donald Trump's star at 6801 Hollywood Boulevard. (laughs) Between Highland and North Orange and pooping on it. You know, this really burns me because it's the very kind of shoddy reporting that could prompt people to actually start doing that. To start pooping on Donald Trump's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame at 6801 Hollywood Boulevard. It's just, just for, uh, no, 
No, Andy, no. New rule, the Polish brewing company that is developing a beer, developing a beer from the bacteria in this Czech supermodel's vagina, <laughs> has to find an easier way to scare Muslims into going back to Syria. I... I... <laughs> All right, new rule, now that IMG Modeling Agency has signed their first plus-size male model, they have to get out of New York more often because their idea of plus-size is the rest of America's idea of, have you been sick lately? <laughs> and finally, new rule, and this one goes out to Republicans. Guys, there's no shame in punting. You can't score every time you get the ball. Sometimes you wind up with really horrible field position, and then what do you do? Punt! Punt! <laughs> You're going to lose this election. <laughs> you are. You're going to lose with either Trump or Cruz, so just punt! <laughs> Help put Hillary Clinton in the Oval Office, and you'll have her right where you want her. I know it sounds crazy, but the only way you can win this November is by losing. <laughs> now, before you jump all over this, let's not pretend that Republicans aren't already flirting with this idea. Christy Todd Whitman says she'll vote for Hillary over Trump. Bill Kristol of the Weekly Standard sat right here and said he won't vote for the Republican candidate if it's Donald Trump. The National Review did an entire issue called Against Trump. The National Review coming out against the Republican frontrunner? It's like High Times coming out against me. <laughs> so, we all know you're not happy with your choices right now, but it's getting near closing time and you're gonna have to go home with one of them. <laughs> either, either Ted Cruz, a man with all the appeal of Jared from Subway, <laughs> Minus the inspiring weight loss story. <laughs> or Donald Trump, the zombie candidate. <laughs> but there is a third choice. Punt! Punt! <laughs> Give the ball to your defense. You've got a great defense. And by that I mean you're great at being obstructionist assholes when you're out of office. <laughs> um, our, our current teabagger Congress proves that you can't govern anymore. You don't even want to. Governing means doing things. <laughs> In government. <laughs> which you hate. I know you say you want your country back, but really? I think you're like the video gamer who finally lands a date with a real woman. You'd have no idea what to do with her. <laughs> Does this Trump supporter, for example, really want to fix what's wrong with America? No. The only thing that would make him happy is going back in time to when his penis worked and there... <laughs> and there weren't Spanish stations on the radio. <laughs> so let Hillary have the next four years. The Republican Party's gonna need that time anyway to rebuild, and I'm talking about a top-to-bottom renovation. My God, the GOP right now... 
It's like one of those houses where an old lady lived with a hundred cats who peed everywhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that is your party today. A filthy, pee-stained house full of dead cats. Do you really want to live there for the next four years? Do you really want to spend four years defending every single thing that President Trump tweets in the middle of the night? <laughs> defending every stupid thing that he does when he invades Poland? <laughs> or, or puts Hulk Hogan on the nickel? Or, <laughs> or retweets our nuclear codes? <laughs> It's gonna be you explaining it to Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> but just think of the fun things you could be doing a year from now with Hillary Clinton in office, like forwarding pictures of her Photoshop to look like this. <laughs> guys. <laughs> guys, Obama is almost gone. Soon he'll be back with his socialist tribe in Kenya. <laughs> And then, who are you gonna hate every day? I'm not sure I'm ready for Hillary, but you? You've been getting ready for 25 years. Whitewater, Filegate, Travelgate, who gives a shit gate? <laughs> Who's gonna save democracy from the email she wrote in 2009? <laughs> How are we gonna find the island where Bill keeps all his Russian sex slaves? <laughs> you put so much work into the email thing and ginning up Benghazi. You're rock hard and ready to shoot. <laughs> but remember, you can't impeach her if you don't elect her. <laughs> All right, that's our show. I'll be at the Brady in Tulsa April 23rd and the King Center in Melbourne, Florida, May 15th and Thackerville, Oklahoma sometime in the future. I want to thank Max Brooks, Andy Dean, Kathy Griffin, and Thomas Perez. Join us now for Overtime on YouTube. Thank you, folks. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.